0: Good afternoon. Welcome to Inside Indiana Sports, now with Kent Sterling. It's Thursday, August 5th, 2021. We're brought to you by the great people at today's dentistry. Dr. Mike O'Neill is just the best at what he does. Give him a call. Avail yourself of his services. 317-849-2933. Punch subscribe. Hit like. Ring the bell. Let's go. Let's talk about sports. Colts, they didn't do anything today. Jacob Eason looked neither good nor bad because they didn't have a workout. Sam Ellinger, how'd he look? Didn't look like anything because they didn't have a workout. What about Quiddie Pay and Bobby Okereke? How are they developing? We don't know. They didn't have a workout. So let's talk about Sam Ellinger and Jacob Eason and the difference between the two and their experience levels. All right, People say, tend to say that Jacob Eason, is in his second year with the Colts, so he has this job. If Carson Wentz can't go, and Chris Ballard and Frank Reich decide not to go out and get a guy like Nick Foles and can't compel Philip Rivers to leave his high school team and come back to the Colts. And and they aren't willing to part with assets to go get anybody else or, or overspend for a guy like Jimmy Garoppolo, which is never, ever, ever going to happen. You know what? Which of these two guys do you select on September 12th to start for the Colts? Here's the difference between the two guys. And let's talk about their experience first because this is this is statistical. This isn't about belief. This isn't about hating. Nobody's hating anyone. Why would we hate Jacob Eason and love Sam Ellinger or the reverse? Preposterous. There's no hating, and it's not toxic. It's talking about whether these two guys, either of them, can win as a starter as a National Football League quarterback. So, Jacob Eason, over the last four years, this is 2017 through 2020, he is 264 for 412, 3,160 yards, 23 touchdowns, eight interceptions. He went eight and five. He's played one season of football in the last four. Sam Ellinger was a starter at Texas for the last four years. He's 923 of 1476 for 11,436 yards. He attempted more than 1,000 passes more than Jacob Eason. Uh, A whole bunch more touchdowns, 74 touchdowns, 27 uh, interceptions. And he ran for a bunch of yards as well. Sam Ellinger is a guy who's played a lot of football. And this team functions well with him under center. Now, granted, more than five weeks until the opener on September 12th. And everybody hopes that Carson Wentz is going to be healthy, but I'm telling you. And Rick Venturi mentioned this, too. Uh, in the piece that Zach Kiefer wrote for The Athletic, wrote that, you know what, this is not automatically Jacob Eason's job to lose. Stephen Holder at The Athletic wrote about that yesterday as well. And very both these guys wrote very, very well on that topic. This is not a slam dunk Jacob Eason, this is your team. It's a great opportunity for him, but it's not his team. Jacob Eason has an unbelievable arm. A great arm, an NFL starting quarterback arm, probably a top 10 arm in the National Football League. But what he is, is very, very deliberate with his decision making. Conversely, Sam Ellinger is a guy who makes the right decision because he doesn't have a great arm. So he's got to execute at a really, really high level. Jacob Eason, because he's got the glorious arm, hasn't really had to learn the game at the level that Ellinger has had to learn it in order to function in a big-time college program, and neither of them has thrown a meaningful pass in the NFL yet. I think it's far from a slam dunk that this thing automatically goes to Jacob Eason, and you watch. You watch at first. We're 10 days away from that first preseason game against the Carolina Panthers. You, You make your own determination. You don't have to trust me. You don't have to trust Rick Venturi. Rick Venturi went over it in a piece in The Athletic that Kiefer wrote, and it was terrific. Rick Venturi is a a font of knowledge and wisdom about the National Football League and about football. People in Indianapolis should feel really good about being exposed to. He's going to do TV uh, analytical work uh, with Greg Rigstraw during the preseason. And then during the regular season, he's going to be on with Matt Taylor uh, on the radio. And he's going to do a wonderful job uh, of that because that's what he does. He lives football every single day. And that we get to learn from him and his wealth of information and experience is really a gift for the city of Indianapolis. All right, I want to talk about IU football for a minute. Not about the team necessarily and whether Michael Penix can stay healthy and all of that stuff. But I want to talk about Rooftop at the Rock. Rooftop at the Rock, the the email went out not long before we're recording this, about 15 minutes ago, about tickets being on sale. For the Rooftop at the Rock, it's a different kind of fan experience at Memorial Stadium. For IU Football, 500 tickets every game, $60. And it's billed as all-inclusive. So here's my gripe. All right, with Rooftop at the Rock, it's a lounge. It's got TVs. You can watch other games. You can watch Indiana. It's very, very comfortable, almost like a big giant suite. Almost like Ballpark Village. In St. Louis, kind of, although it's in the stadium itself. So anyway, this thing, build, like I said, is all-inclusive. But you look at the list of amenities, all right? Uh, You get, for your $60, a game day menu, good food. You get uh, TVs all over the place, lounge-style seating. And then it says cash bar, uh, beer and wine will be available. Hey, whoa! What? What does all-inclusive mean to you? All-inclusive means to me when you book a room at an all-inclusive resort in Cabo or Puerto Vallarta or the Dominican Republic or Jamaica or wherever, you get free beer and wine. If you book a rooftop, a, 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 a rooftop place in Chicago to watch a Cubs game. It's all-inclusive. You get all the food you want, and you get all the beer you want. All-inclusive means free beer. That's what it means. I know they don't want to turn people loose in the place, 60 bucks. They can go through $60 worth of beer pretty damn quickly. But you will have, and this is the important part, if you're people who like uh, a little bit of refreshment at a college football game, you'll have the opportunity to enter and exit at your whim. So, while you may not have access to all the beer and wine you want within Rooftop at the Rock, you can get out to the car and have a nice time at the tailgate, pop in, audit the game a little bit, say, Oof, Man, I'm thirsty. Head back out to the car, back in to watch more of the game. Hey, this quarter's taking a long time. I gotta go back to the car. I'm thirsty again. You get to do that. So, I love this. $60. Way affordable. Nice uh, menu, nice food. You got the TVs and all of that stuff. I like that Indiana is trying to make game day a a bit of a different experience for a variety of different kinds of fans. I I think that that's pretty cool. All kidding aside, and I think Indiana has a chance to be good. I don't know whether Michael Penix is going to stay healthy or not. And as always... a win-loss record, the over-under. I don't know what the over-under is in Vegas, but the over-under in my head is six, and I think I'm being ambitious. I think I'm being an optimist with six because this is Indiana. I'm one year away. I need one more year of Tom Allen and the Hoosiers operating at the level that they did last year for me to believe that it can be a recurring theme in Bloomington at Memorial Stadium with Indiana football. One more year, give me that, and then I'll start guessing eight as the uh, win loss or the win total for the Hoosiers. The NCAA, we got to talk about the NCAA because here's what the NCAA is doing they've got the IARP, the Independent Accountability Resolution Process. And what has happened with the IARP is that there is no resolution whatsoever for major violators of the NCAA rules. Uh, vis-a-vis college basketball. All right, Will Wade is still the head coach at LSU. He has been under investigation, as has the LSU program. That's going back to 2017. Uh, the IARP was assigned or accepted uh, investigations with Louisville, Arizona, Kansas, North Carolina State, Bunch of, uh, those four schools specifically. Did I miss any? How about Memphis? And none of them have come to resolution. Not a single one. Nobody has been dinged for cheating, no matter what the NCAA has found, no matter what the investigators found. Nobody has gotten to the sentencing phase of the consequences, right? That's what they've done. So here's what companies do, all right? Companies do this, uh, organizations like the NCAA, especially organizations like the NCAA who are really the fall guys for uh, college athletic administrators and university presidents who want to create an umbrella agency that allows all of the cheating but legalizes none of it. That's what the NCAA has done. The NCAA has created a mousetrap so insanely convoluted and complicated that nobody can be brought to justice as a result of their investigations. That is exactly what they want. They wanted to legalize all kinds of stuff, like NIL and, and all these other things. But amateurism, we've got to have amateurism. So let's have rules that foster uh, a, a uh, landscape of compliance. However, if people violate them, we have no way to punish them. We have a mechanism so vast and complex that punishment is virtually impossible. This is what the NCAA has done. And now they're revamping it, and they're going to have a constitutional congress for the NCAA this fall. What are they going to do? They're going to do it again. They're going to kick the can down the road to the point where no justice is meted out for anybody in college basketball, college football, at any level. The Power Five schools have created a, a mechanism of justice that is, it allows its rule book to go unenforced. If there was ever a time, if you're a coach today and you're following the rules as they're written for college basketball recruitment and remuneration of student athletes, if you are following those rules today, you're clinically insane. Or, you know what? You should have gone to the seminary and become a priest, right? Because there is no concrete reason to follow the rules, there is no pragmatic uh, advantage to following the rules. Because there is no mechanism by which the NCAA can bring justice to the violators, so what are you doing? If you're if you're adhering to the rules, you're deranged at this point with the NCAA. Louisville under. Rick Pitino, how long has it been since Rick Pitino was the coach? Remember Kenny Johnson giving the bag of cash to to Bowen's dad and, and all of that crap? They still haven't been punished for it. There, there's been no resolution to that case, and it's cut and dry. We know what's going on down at LSU, but the evidence has become so stale that the IARP can't even begin to adjudicate what what should or should not happen to Will Wade and that program? How about Kansas and Arizona? How about the how about James Wiseman? How long's he been in the NBA now? One year, two year? I don't know. Couple year, or two going into his second year. Before he came, the NCAA got uh, all twisted up with Memphis because Penny Hardaway. Something happened right he the the kid wiseman came to penny uh, the school where penny hardaway was the basketball coach or came to his AU program penny and there was money somehow exchanged and what's happened there nothing of course it hasn't breaking rules without consequence renders those rules absolutely useless from a pragmatic perspective and that's where we are in college athletics and, and the NCAA came out, and this is earlier this morning, Jeff Zeller wrote a piece at ESPN.com, said they're going to streamline the process. That's what the IARP was supposed to do, streamline it. What did it do? Bog it down to the point where there is no justice. It's like if if, if our judicial system did this, there would be no penalty for any crime at all. And you would have criminals running the streets, doing whatever they wanted, Because they know that the criminal justice system is not built to penalize them. It's built to allow them to do whatever they want. And that's where the NCAA is. And it's such a shame. If you're going to have a rule book that's yay thick like a phone book, you know what? Penalize people for violating those rules. How stupid are we as fans to allow the NCAA in college basketball, college football? I guess we don't care. You know, in the end. Do we care? I guess not, because people are cheating their asses off all over the place. And if you're not, you're going to get beat and you're going to lose your job because you're going to lose games to people who are cheating. Great. Great work, NCAA. And not just the NCAA, but college presidents, college athletic directors. Way to build that mousetrap, baby. Breakfast with Kent tomorrow morning, about 7 o'clock. Can't wait to talk to you then. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash.